It's Monday night. That means it's Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. On tonight's show, it's going to be another fun show where we're going to do a rapid fire questions for each other. It's our, it's our show that we've done a couple times now, Rack Our Brains. And we're going to ask each other opinionated questions. And you can, and you guys listening too, can please ask us some questions and maybe we'll get to some of those throughout the show as well. No trivia though. So again, you know opinionated if you can so before we do that let me introduce myself and and my co-hosts i'm tom hunyadi and you may know me from my other show two legs a paul mccartney podcast for myself and my co-host annie nichols talks all things mccartney and i'm being joined by my three colleagues and three people that i look forward to every other monday to hang out and we talk all things solo beatles and and beatles like you know we're going to be the really close because this is just I mean I've just been grinning I mean as the days inch closer and closer and closer to Thursday I just the smile on my face is just getting bigger and bigger and the anticipation just oh man but anyways (laughs) (laughs) let me introduce my, my my three friends here first of all he's our our YouTube guy he's been uh doing this long running YouTube channel now for what, 10 years has it been now, Joe? Almost, almost. Almost 10 10 years. years, And, you know, he does so many great videos, whether they're reviews or, you know, uh, doing countdowns or rankings or, or rants or just all out fun (laughs) video uh, uh, record shopping videos are great too. So let's, 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 let's uh, say hi to our good friend, uh, Joe, AKA me, Mr. Mayo. Hi everyone. Nice to be here with everybody, uh, Tom, Kit, and Ken. Hey, yep. Joe. Hey, Joe. Yes. So next up is our is our queen, and uh, yeah, again another awesome uh, background <laughs> shot there of the of the yellow <laughs> submarine. But uh, we know the queen, Kittle Tool, from her wonderful books, including songs we were singing, guided towards through the Beatles' lesser known tracks. And the work she did with Ken Womack earlier this year, Fandom and the Beatles, as well as SAFAQ, Michael Jackson, all that's left to know about the King of Pop. Right, kids? That's indeed right, Tom. And how are you? I'm doing great and super excited for this big, big weekend. And I know the really big show. Absolutely. Mm. So, and I know Ken, Joe, I know all of us and all of you out there 
are really, really excited. Yes. yes. <laughs> Got the Carly Simon song in my head, Anticipation. anticipation. You know, <laughs> going nonstop right now. Just that line. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> last but definitely not least is the OG of podcasting. He's, you know, hey, what? Well, when did the, when did the show start? 2009, uh, Fat Forum? Was that? Uh... That was 2009. Yeah, right 2009. The on CD, the right. remastered. Yeah. And so, rock band. Same thing. Yeah, 9909. 9909. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that wow. you guys could have been one of the very first Beatles podcasts, if not the first um, out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but nowadays, you know, Ken from his wonderful podcast called Things We Said Today with Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. And you also know him from his long running syndicated radio show. Every little thing where he plays literally every little thing. And I know because I've listened to the show quite a bit. So is Joe. And so many out there out there that are watching today have listened to uh, Ken's show and just have learned a lot from just Ling's show. And I've learned a lot as, as well, too. So thank you, Ken, for that. And Ken, how are you today? I'm great. I'm kind of in a daze at this moment, as the right. three of you know. Yes. Yeah. So, There's uh, a good reason. There's a yeah. good reason. Yes. And Don't you can I announce everybody. Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> the reason. Yes. The reason. The reason. Go ahead. The reason. <laughs> What's the reason? Ken Why Michaels? should I tell you the reason? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Wilbur well, is smiling right now. <laughs> uh, the other podcast show that I do, Things We Said Today, we just wrapped up a four hour interview with Peter Jackson. Uh, which uh, will be posted by tomorrow. And um, I can't believe it happened. It, this all happened so suddenly in the last mm. couple of days. But, um, you know, his production company contacted us. And apparently he's a fan of things we said today and listens to our show. I don't know how long he's been listening. But, um, yeah, we're one of the podcast shows that he approached to be on. And he couldn't have been nicer. He answered every single question. And if we had more questions, it could have gone on longer. Wow. <laughs> He said, as long as it didn't run into Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, that is generous. Yeah. That's amazing. I I can't wait to listen to that show. either. um, You're going to learn so much stuff. Oh, I bet. About Get Back. And and technology as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, when he he wrote to us, he he didn't want this to sound like a promo interview for Get Back. Mm. He just wanted to have a casual conversation about the Beatles. So I thought I'd start off the conversation by finding out how he got into the Beatles. What was it like being a Beatle fan in New Zealand? He was born in 1961. So he was a little kid during all the Beatlemania and everything. And within like 10 minutes, it already went right to get back. (laughs) He couldn't avoid it. And um, so much information. That's He's great about um, what he observed, because, you know, he watched all the footage. Mm-hmm. He's heard all the audio and um, you learn so much. Uh, I has it been did. has it been two years of him working on it? How long how long was he working on this project? Four years. I, I think it's four. Four years. I'm okay. sure it's four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, with all the delays and actually, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, which, you know, the horror of COVID we all know about. Mm. we do anything if it never happened but it actually gave him more time right to work on this and make it even longer right yeah. you know it could have just as easily have been a, a two and a half hour movie mm. but he had more time on his hands and he kept adding and adding and adding to it and that's how it became not so much 
a feature in the movie theaters right. as it now is a Disney Plus. And, and you probably all know, because the word has leaked out in the last few days, that it's right. not six hours. Right. <laughs> Nearly eight. It's, it's almost eight hours <laughs> yeah. that we're right. in. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think anybody, you got time tomorrow. <laughs> Watch this interview. Yeah. It's really wonderful. It's going to be right. hard to ever top this right. four hours with him. Yeah. Again, congratulations on that, Ken. Thank um, you. But uh, but things uh, must continue. So extra texture. Read all about it, Ken Michaels. You are up with the news, my friend. Okay. Well, as everyone here knows, get back premieres on uh, Disney Plus, November twenty fifth, starting uh, Thanksgiving this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, that's really all the news that I have this time out. No, I mean, no, that's, you, that's all that you, you need to know right now. Have yeah. you, uh, do you, right. Did you get Disney Plus yet, Ken? Uh, no. Okay. We're going to get it. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> Probably last second. <laughs> but um, also, Peter Jackson is going to be on uh, Wednesday night. Stephen mm. Colbert show. You should catch mm. that. 60 Minutes around a piece on Get Back, premiering, yep. as I said, this Thursday with interviews from Peter Jackson and Giles Martin. Um, there have been, I don't know how many premieres in the UK, I'm a little confused. We've all seen photos of Paul with Mary, his daughter, and you've probably seen photos with Julian and Sean together and right. Stella. And um, does anyone know if there were several premieres? Because I'm not really sure if they were all. Well, I only one, knew I of the one. I only knew of the yeah. one. What about those okay. LA premiere? Yeah, hmm. there was, but I don't know if that was you know star-studded or not or there were i, I don't know because i i, I know that's the one that julian and sean were at i think mm -hmm. the la one mm -hmm. i think okay right. oh was it oh yeah. i thought it was the london one okay but um in one of the trailers for the film um <laughs> uh danny harrison is there yeah. and yeah. it's funny he says i'm always sitting there going how long is it going to be before dad breaks the band up <laughs> yeah, I love that. Quote. I love that. Um, some interviews from Paul McCartney to discuss his new book, The Lyrics, you can now watch on YouTube, including his November 5th appearance at London's South Bank Center at Royal Festival Hall. And last Thursday, when he was interviewed for Barnes and Noble by their CEO, James Mount. Barnes and Noble are now giving Paul's book the honorary title of Book of the Year yes. to their company. Um, yeah, so I think at some point, because we got so much to talk about tonight, but um, I, I watched the interview, the one at um, South Bank Center, which I thought was very good, despite the fact that you'd never know that Paul had a life after 1970. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the questions were really good. And, you know, it's, it's, this, is, this should be about his entire career, but most right. of the questions were directed about his period in the Beatles, his family, how important Liverpool was. Um, you know, what has been a big influence on his songwriting overall. But it's mm. still a very powerful interview, I think. Ringo Starr is now teaching a master class on drumming with an online course on drumming, uh, drumming creative collaboration. The course started actually today. Ringo is involved with a company called Masterclass, which is an online education subscription platform which aids underserved communities. David Rogier, the founder and CEO of Masterclass, is quoted as saying, Masterclass puts you in the room with the world's best giving members, uh, best giving members unprecedented access to the greatest minds of our time. Mm. 
if you want to know more, you can go to masterclass.com. In the meantime, uh, last Friday, the 10-inch vinyl version of Ringo's latest EP was mm -hmm. released for Change the World. Did you get it, Tom? Still waiting. Wait, Still waiting. What was this? I totally forgot about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> Friday. Yeah, Friday. Um, Amazon is, which is who, which is usually reliable on getting on day of, has says now I have no idea where mine is, and they said I should get it by tomorrow, but we'll see. Mm. That's just okay. great. I, <laughs> I should have gotten it. I didn't know I fucking slipped by. Remember, there was a big gap between the CD yes, and the, and the right. 10 inch yeah. vinyl version. A long lost recording that features both George Harrison and Ringo Starr has been found after 53 years. This never before heard song called Roddy Sham was written and produced by broadcaster and journalist Suresh Joshi for a 1968 documentary film, East Meets West. The song was rediscovered by Joshi during lockdown in his loft in Birmingham. He told BBC Merseyside, a friend helped him find the song and it was played on their station before being previewed to 100 Beatle fans at the Beatles Museum in Liverpool. This original recording took place at Trident Studios in London with uh, George and Ringo adding guitars and drums to Hindi language vocals coming from Ashish Khan. And Joshi said that he met George and Ringo when George's interest in Indian culture was at its height in 1968 after the Beatles went to Rishikesh to study transcendental meditation. Joshi said about George, we started talking about philosophy in general. And as for the song, Joshi says, the song itself revolves around the concept that we are all one and the world is our oyster. And he says the song is still relevant to this day. He says that is something we have all realized during this pandemic. Interesting recording. Does have a very psychedelic feel. You know, I seem to be some people seem to feel that it may not sound like George on there. I mm. think it does. But it can also sound like Eric Clapton if you listen to it. Definitely is Ringo on drums. Mm. Um, just in time for the holiday season, brand new George Harrison merchandise is now available, including an exclusive crew neck and limited edition five ornament set featuring George and his famous gnomes, recreating the classic album cover for All Things Must Pass. Also available... <laughs> Puzzles, pins, vinyl, CDs, T-shirts, and more. Interested? Just go <laughs> to store.georgeharrison.com. From the most authoritative news source on the planet, Darren DeVivo, <laughs> we learned that singer-songwriter Lori McKenna has just released a Christmas EP called Christmas is Right Here with six Christmas songs, five of which are originals from her. The other is a cover of Paul's Wonderful Christmas Time. Mm. Lori is a three-time Grammy Award winner. The EP is available for streaming or for purchase now. It's Lori McKenna. Um, just released is a brand new book, The Beatles' Fab Four Cities. Liverpool, Hamburg, London, New York by Richard Porter, David Bedford, and Susan Ryan. Described as the first travel guide to focus on the four cities that define the Beatles. Includes a wealth of information, connections, timelines, Beatles trivia, and illuminating photographs. The Beatles' Fab Four Cities invites the reader on a cosmo cosmopolitan trek across continents, tracing the Beatles' rise to fame from one metropolis to the next, flush with timelines, stories, trivia, and numerous links and connections between the cities and both 
pop cultural and local history. This is a travel guide like no other. Hmm. And I can say, I mean, these are three very authoritative guides uh, yes. that wrote this. And, and I want to congratulate them because this was hard to publish. They encountered a lot of, you know, COVID-related delays with the publisher and so forth. Sure. So, so congratulations to them. I'm so glad it's, it's finally out. So, I, I mean, I'm sure if you're planning on traveling to any of these places, or even if, if you're not, if you're just an armchair traveler, go get this. You can't find better authorities than these three. And I like how they link these four cities mm -hmm. because they're also important to the whole history of the Beatles. Exactly. Very arguably the four most important. Yep. Our good friend and colleague, Owen Lynn, has a new mm. book coming out on George Harrison titled George Harrison in the 70s, which will be available on paperback on March 22nd next year. We're very happy to report that Billy J. Kramer is back on the concert scene as he'll be doing a show at the warehouse in Amityville, Long Island tomorrow night. If you live on Long Island, be sure, to, if you can, to go see Billy. Concert time is 6 p.m. He'll be joined on stage by Joe Rafano of the Beatles tribute band called Liverpool Shuffle. And sorry to report that the concert for Bangladesh Revisited, the tribute concert that I rave about every mm. year, that was going to take place November 26th at the Tilly Center in Brookville, Long Island, has been canceled due to problems mm. with Ticketmaster, partly because of COVID. Oh, mm. sorry when it does that. happen, you'll find out about it from me. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if you see that show, it's one of the best concerts well, you will ever see. You said you're emceeing the event? I didn't say that. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. No. No, mm. but um, I've seen two of their shows and it's amazing. Okay. It's, right. it's about three and a half hours long, okay. the whole show. Um, and finally, we have to note the passing of Keith Allison. Keith got his start as a guitar player with Ray Peterson and later with the Crickets. And he was actually the cousin of Jerry Allison of uh, the Crickets. To many, he was a regular performer on the 60s music program, Where the Action Is. And he was very known for having a strong resemblance to Paul McCartney. He also was a member of Paul Revere and the Raiders as their bass player from 1968 through 75. Monkeys fans are aware that Keith played guitar on several of their albums, Headquarters, The Birds, The Bees, and The Monkeys, Head, and Instant Replay. He even co-wrote a song with Mike Nesmith, Auntie's Municipal Court. And in 1976, Keith reunited with two of the Monkees and went on tour with Mickey Dolenz, Davy Jones, Tommy Boyce, and Bobby Hart with Keith as their bass player. As for his Beatle connections, he was Ringo's musical director for his TV special in 1978 to promote his Bad Boy album. <clears throat> Keith assembled the band that played in the show with Dee Murray, Lon Van Eaton, and Dr. John. While George Harrison appeared on the TV special, Ringo reached out to John and Paul to see if they would be on it. And Keith said John couldn't do it because he hadn't picked up a guitar or sung for a long time and was busy being a full-time dad to Sean. Paul said he had just completed a TV special for ABC an hour with Paul McCartney and couldn't do any network TV specials for the next six months. This comes from an interview with Keith that's on classicbands.com. Keith also performed and collaborated with artists like Al Cooper, Johnny Rivers, Harry Nilsson, Alice Cooper, and Wadi Wachtel's band. Mm. Keith Allison was 79. Mm. I know right. my, my wife used to watch Where the Action Is. 
back mm. in the 60s so oh wow we saw keith all the time and you know his face does certainly resemble paul at times really but um yeah that's all the news i have this time all right very well thank you ken okay always something to learn and it's just amazing how much news there is every other week yep. you know yeah so <laughs> But um, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be doing a Wreck Our Brains uh, episode here. And that means you guys can also um, throw in some questions for us. Um, I figure we're going to do a round each. We've got three uh, questions for each other. None of us know what we're going to uh, ask the other person, which makes the show a lot more exciting. And uh, like I said, we're going to go round around. Uh, we'll go once around. And Kit, if you want to see if somebody asked a question, maybe we can do a, a quick uh, audience question and then do another sure. round and so on and so on if time allows okay so um uh let's see here i'm gonna uh, put my hand around here and see who to pick first <laughs> but anyways um why don't we start with uh ken michaels ken what is your first rapid fire question okay um maybe from time to time we've touched upon this here on the show and maybe yeah. your your answer might even be different now but I would like to know from the three of you, what song from Paul McCartney's catalog, Beatles, Wings, Solo, would you like to see him perform in concert that he has never performed live, even in the Beatle days? And this could be an original song. It could be a cover of a song. Could be anything you'd like for him to do. You know, um, could be fireman music. Right. Could, you know, anything that you like. It's got to be something that he's never done, even in the Beatle days. Right. If you could pick one song of all of them. What would that be? Amazing. Um, in a realistic fashion, with with his voice as we know it today, um, I have been jonesing for him to do a Spies Like Us live, and um, I think that's something that he can still realistically do, uh, and we know we, you know, the band could handle it uh, musically as well, so that's my pick. Excellent choice. Joe, how about you? Well, putting the issue of how Paul sounds or not, you know, on the side for this, I've always wanted him to, to do Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey, and mm -hmm. uh, if they could do some kind of arrangement of it. You know, Linda's so vital to it, though, you know, right? Uh, it's not really realistic, but that's one that I've been wanting him to do for a long time. I mean, you know, going back 30, 30 years or something like that. Yeah. So it's always the first thing that pops in my mind if I could have him do one song. So I'll stick okay. with it. All right. It's kind of ironic. Paul's one of those artists that has the luxury of having several number one songs that he's never, never done never live. Done live. <laughs> <laughs> and say, yep. say, say, right. he's never done yeah. live. Yeah, and we were just talking with Lawrence yeah. Juber about that and how they yeah. were rehearsing with a little luck, but it just didn't, uh, just didn't um, yeah, sound right. Didn't they, right. Didn't they do, yeah. I was going to say that too, but didn't they mm. do that once? Did no. they perform it or attempted to perform it? No, I'm they just attempt, about no, the just rehearsals. Just yeah. rehearsal-wise, that's, yeah. Yeah, Kit? Mm. Well, this this would be not considering his, his current voice because this this would have sounded better many years ago. And this is a, a deeper track and one that I wish he had included in the lyrics book. Um, uh, Somebody who cares. I would mm. love to hear that live. Mm. I love that song. It has a lot of personal meaning for me. Mm. It's just so beautiful. Part of maybe the acoustic part of the of the set. Yeah. Um, I, I adore it. Um, and, uh, and I just, I would love, 
love to hear that live. Uh, but I don't think he could do that now. But I think, you know, maybe back in, you know, when I saw him in 89 or so, right. uh, I, I would have loved to have heard that. Hmm. Okay. It'll be interesting when Paul returns to the concert stage, which I believe he will, um, you know, how, how well his voice will hold up for for three hours on stage and what songs he'll be yeah. able to do well and what he'll struggle with but um for a long time now because i think that his rockers just translate so well live um i would go with helen wheels mm. i just think helen wheels would really kick right. mighty butt yes on stage <laughs> and um even at times when if you think he might not be able to handle the high vocals you've got abe there Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I think I think the band could do a great job on Helen mm-hmm. Wheels. Mm-hmm. You well, know, right. I, I tend yeah. to think of those songs or Girl School, right. or, you know, or The World Tonight. Those would be songs most of all that I would like to, to hear mm-hmm. him do that never has he ever done live. Excellent. OK, good question, Ken. Thank you, Joe. Why don't you uh, head off to question two? All right, Tom, my, my first question is sort of in the same kind of vein, in a way, as Ken's that I had here. And I'm going to put it to you this way. This is like make-believe time, okay? Mm. Suppose Paul can either have one of two things. Uh, he does a show, which I know we all want to see, that's all solo material and songs, a lot of them you haven't heard before, ever do you know, mm-hmm. um, for like two hours or however long you can go. You can go to, and you can get a show like that. You can attend the show or you you know that he's going to do, this is fairy tale time, but mm-hmm. I'm saying imagine that he's going to do two studio albums that are like, turn out to be like fantastic. They're going to be like the best album he's ever done in his career. He gets like raves and they're like on the top of the charts, like, like band on the run. And you know, the biggest thing, which would you, would you, would you want? Would you say, well, I'd rather have the two studio classic studio albums or no, I'd rather I see what you're saying. Show. Yeah. Okay. You know, all, all right. solo oh. material. Okay. Kit. Oh man. That's a, that is tough. That is really tough because you ain't kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I had to figure something out. Wow. <laughs> that is a tough question because, yeah, on the one hand, I mean, love, love live shows. On the other hand, yeah, I mean, it's like new material, you mm. know, uh, and, and, you know, like incredibly high. I guess, I guess I would say the, the new albums. I guess I would say that because I mean I've seen him so many times live um, that I I guess I would love to hear like top shelf right. new material. I mm. I guess I would I would choose that, but boy, that's close. That is a close call. Ken, um, when you say a concert of all solo material, did you say that they're all songs he's never done live, or it could be any? Um, I, I, ideally, never. I know that would really appeal to you, Ken. Oh, Me too. God, yes. Uh, but, I, I, but I would assume you'd, ha- you'd have to sprinkle in some, you know, what you've heard before. Mostly, mostly all new solo material. That, this, is really, this is really very tough because yeah. I think that um, it's a crime that Paul has neglected so much material from his solo career live. And we may never, ever get any recordings 
or get to see him do so much of this right. material. It will never be documented as live recordings. But there's nothing more exciting to me as a fan of his than when he puts out a new album. I always look forward to that more than anything else. Um, and at this point, I, I feel so blessed that we've had so much great music coming from him, but I can never get more uh, new music from, from this man. Um, you know, I want every Lance, last ounce <laughs> of creativity that pours out of that brain. And uh, if, if they're too high caliber albums like a chaos and creation something like that i i take that over the concert and i am 100 agreeing with with you ken i would definitely take new albums any day of the week over paul you know a subpar vocal um vocals from paul these days um just my opinion on his voice i i know not every song he's singing live is is bad but there's some that maybe he just shouldn't do anymore live so I would definitely take the the albums over over the live stuff for sure. So mm. yeah, yep. Okay, it leaves, it leaves okay. me, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have said in this fantasy scenario, he's been getting voice lessons and really taking. He sounds good, you know, really, right. uh, because you know, seventy six all over again. <laughs> I, I I I always say, well, you know, I, I would always take new music over because that's what lives on after he, he's gone and everything right. um you, you know you have more especially if they're going to be great albums they would turn out to be these fantastic albums um that's what lives on even though you have your memories of seeing them live hmm. um but i gotta you know it was really tough for me too though i'm coming to to think i'll pick the albums but but really i was right there because i thought man I would like to see him do Old Siam, sir, and I'd like to see mm. him do yeah. Cafe on the Left Bank and mm -hmm. stuff that I've never seen before. So, but yeah, I, I'll go with the albums, and, but it's not by a lot. It's really yeah. like close. It's very close. That was a tough right. question. That was yeah. tough. Good question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, kids, you're up next. All right. I'm going to throw in a little controversy here, Ooh. which is, yeah, which, uh, and Ken in particular is is going to have a tough time with this question but that's okay, okay. i live to torture no i'm just kidding I'm ready. Um, <laughs> all right um solo songs which you think is the most you know in your opinion one of the more overrated Oof. solo songs Oh, I gotta think about uh, it yeah well, <laughs> song? just want? just off the yeah, top of your head just oh, you how know many do you want yeah, <laughs> it's just you know a more one of what you think is kind of an overrated. Oh um, yeah, I mean, you know. right off the top of my head, I think I tend to think "Back Off Boogaloo" is a little overrated. Um, myself, even though I do find Ringo's drumming, you know, so, you know, very good on that track. I just lyrically, I just think it's weak uh, myself. So, uh, does it deserve the top ten? Uh, the charting that it got maybe but i just for some reason that one i've just never thought was as good as people might think it is mm -hmm. interesting okay <laughs> wow i i asked a real challenge the 20 minutes please supposed <laughs> 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 to be lightning right first thing comes to your mind yeah i right? know it's 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 a, a tough one i have a couple of contenders but uh <laughs> I wish you would ask me in advance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Who's up? Me or Ken, by the way. Uh, either <laughs> or. I mean. Yep. Who's got, hey, a, who's, got an, who's got an answer? Who's I, got I an need answer? to think for it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, looks a little, that's a very nice background you got there, kid. <laughs> it, it can be a song, you know, you're you're sick of or or. You've just... uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I mean, I, I got a couple in my mind, but I, I don't know. Everybody seems to, lo- to really like my brave face. And, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't dislike it. Not, not at all do I dislike it, but I just don't think it's all everybody makes it crack up to be. I've said every time this comes up, I say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was not like it was a number one hit or anything that I'm saying. Oh, it's like something really big that Paul did, like an Uncle Albert or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I've never been that wild. I know who can. I'm not looking at Ken directly with this. I've <laughs> <laughs> never been That's wild okay. about the Elvis. That's Costello, all right. Yeah. Uh, co- collaboration. I like some a couple of stuff. Uh, but that one, I just didn't. I, I always thought this one would have been a better single to lead off with um, than My Brave Face. Mm. But that's just my personal taste. Um, kind of. I don't like the way it kind of changes uh, its um, um, mood. That that middle part and everything, and then he go back into it. And now that I'm alone, I don't know. It's just never, it's just never been a favorite. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Ten. Overrated. Overrated. Um, that's very tough. Also, because um, <laughs> there are songs that I'm kind of burnt out on. Okay. Yeah. Like 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 Imagine, but I will mm. always say Imagine's a great song. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I am kind of tired of Maybe I'm Amazed. Mm-hmm. I think it's played to death. Okay. You know, anytime that it that I'm listening to classic rock radio and they announce coming up Paul McCartney next, mm-hmm. I turn to my wife and I say, I'll bet you it's maybe I'm amazed. And that's what it is. <laughs> it's always Clash. maybe I'm amazed. Right. I love what, the song. Tired of songs we're tired of or tired songs we think overrated. But, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, overrated. Not that everybody says it's the greatest song, but Dance Tonight is not. You know, a song oh, that, I, I, that can, I think. Okay. I mean, that it stays in my head. For me. Right. It, it stays in my head a lot, but right. it's you know, it's it's not that much work in the composition. Yeah. Constantly repeating. Everybody. It's an altogether now kind of track, I think. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. I would say that. There are some mm. songs that I think go on too long, which mm. like "Let Them In," for example, mm. which I still love as a song. I just right. think it's not worthy Six of minutes. five five minutes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so that would be it. Maybe dance tonight. Okay. But I love my brave face though. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, back off that. Oogaloo. Yeah. 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 Kit. Oh, proud of you, Ken. Good girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Proud of you. Um, yeah. So, uh, for me, we've kind of discussed this before in the show, but whatever gets you through the night, I've never understood why that was a number said one. It. Almost said yeah. it. Yeah. I, I just don't get why that went to number one. I mean, even it's, with it's the fun. horns, even with the horns. Don't even say with the horns. What, what is this problem you have with horns? No, I love no, horns. No, 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 no. I love horns. Yeah, okay. with we love right. horns. Oh. But, but I mean, even with that, uh, I just I don't know. It just it, it, although the remix is good, the the remix yeah, uh, the, re- yeah the remix improved it. The remix right. improved I really it. like the, the new re- the new remix that last. Yep, one that we but had. Uh, but I just have never been that crazy uh, about about that song. I've just never really, you know, thought it was worthy of being number one. Right. There's so many other great songs of John's that right. you know oh. could have been number yeah. one from from that period. And the runner up is uh, My Valentine. I just, I, I just yeah. don't really 
you know mm. that one i just don't think that's among paul's best lyrically and and so that that's the runner-up but uh okay. but whatever gets you through the night yeah all right that, read it so Oh, yeah, gotcha. okay. gotta, gotta have some controversy going on. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with that, and I'm gonna make a Great. give. I want to give Ken another hard one too, because oh boy, <laughs> I, I I know this is his favorite Paul record here. Okay, so it's the 23rd hour. Paul changes his mind right before flowers in the dirt come out. He wants to add flying to my home instead, but you get to suggest what song he takes off that record to replace it with. Ooh. Ooh. What song do you take off Flowers in the Dirt to add Flying to My Home? Who's first? Don't be careless, love. Okay, Ken, okay. just Ken. careless love. That was, okay. That's a song I, I really love the song, mm. but it took me longer to like that song. And once I, once I did, I was hooked on it. Very, very quirky. Gotcha. But you know what's similar with, with those two mm. songs, mm. Tom? They both start off with Paul Acapella. Acapella, there you go. Yes, good point. Good yeah. point. Joe? Gee, it's so hard to, to choose. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, motor of Love. Okay. Just, just repetitious and dirgy and I'm not wild about it. I would have really loved flying to my home on there. I would have loved if they could put could have put back on my feet somehow right. onto that. Mm. Well, um, if you took you know, Motor of Love off, you probably could have fit both of them <laughs> <on there. laughs> Yeah, yeah. However, kids? Oh, I guess I've never been that insane about how many people. Mm. Um, I, I think probably that would be the one I'd, okay. I'd, I'd cut. Yeah, just, to, I don't know. I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad right. song, but um, but I, I actually warmed up to that day is done more than and, and uh, or uh, don't be here's love. Sorry, right. uh, don't be here's love more than than that one. So I guess I'd have to cut that. Gotcha. And, you know, some of the, some of these songs I gained an appreciation for on the, the demos. The box set. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To tell you the yes, truth, yes, yes. I actually like those some of them better. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, how many people is is a favorite of mine? Yeah, I, th I think it's single worthy. Mm. Okay, yeah, it's great hooks mm. in there, great melody. Mm. You know, okay. when I think of reggae, I, I like that one probably more than Sea Moon. Yeah. <laughs> really? So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't okay. know. It's, a, it's not bad. I mean, right. it's, you know, it's a it's a tough yeah. call. Yeah. Okay. I yeah I go with Motor of Love myself. I think that one just just goes on a little bit too long myself, cool. and kind of a little too slowish for me. I, I just don't, I guess I just don't like the arrangement of it. Um, you know that's just my opinion. I, I, I've still yet to really appreciate that song um, as many times as I've listened to that album. Um, so See, I'm, I'm, I love Motor of Love. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm like one of the few defenders. Mm. I, I've right. always liked that song. I think it's it's. Uh, I, I can I can see your point about the length. I yeah. see your point about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I will agree. Yeah. But but it was kind of pretty, you okay. know, pretty song, pretty yeah. lyrics. So you know, so good. there are there are certain songs that Paul does that I think go on too long. Mm -hmm. That yes. one you probably Agreed. could have trimmed thirty seconds to a minute mm. maybe. But right. it has I'll a really a really nice. Beach Boys feel to it. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay, kid, is there something out there that you've noticed? Uh, question from the uh, from the listeners. All right, let's see here. Uh, okay, 
some of these kind of uh, went away here. Let me see. Um, oh, um, oh, others have uh, joined in here. Uh, uh, Tim Allen's at Eat Eliminate Rough Ride. Okay. By the way, uh, let's see. Um, uh, and others are. <laughs> others are saying uh they would agree on uh motor of love uh let's see um okay okay uh here's uh tony did uh do we wish john and paul were at the concert for bangladesh uh do we you know think we, we wish they would have you know participated or or should you know are we um you know, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't have wanted to see yeah. both of them at, at that uh, at that show? I mean, it would have been even more magical uh, mm -hmm. than what it was. I mean, even if they just performed a solo song, a piece kind of like Ringo did, that would have been that would have been completely fine with me. I mean, I don't think, you know, I'm sure, yes, everybody would have expected them to play a song together. And if they didn't, they probably would have left pissed off. But if they were just there just to do a song or two from their solo, solo career, I think that would have been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that would have, you know, would have been great. But I mean, you know, but it, it, you know, on the other mm -hmm. hand, I don't know, maybe that would have taken too much attention away uh, right. from George. Possible. You yes. know, and, and this was George's night. Um, yes, true. You know, um, so I mean, in some ways, that's uh, oh, okay. Here's some more of them. So I mean, you know, maybe it turned out the way it was supposed mm. to. Um, okay, here's a. Can I? Can I oh, answer go that? Ahead. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> go right ahead. Sorry about yeah. that. To me, I, I've never been one to wish for a Beatles reunion, unless it was something that all four of them truly wanted to do. I mean, that alone would be cause for celebration, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I'd ever want a Beatles reunion of any kind. Right. You know, they all proved themselves on their own. You had Ringo there at the concert for right. Bangladesh, too. Um, you know, it was great just as it was, you know, having Bob Dylan there and Leon Russell mm. and, mm -hmm. and Ringo and Billy Preston. So... Yeah, I would have loved to have seen John and Paul there, but only if in their hearts they wanted to do it. Right. I tend to agree, you know, with Ken, basically, you know, uh, and I'm OK. You know, I don't need a Beatles reunion. I would have liked them to get together to do one show. If John had been here, maybe Live Aid. They do yeah. a little. That's when they got yeah. back for a little set or something like that. Once one sh shot for old time's sake. I think it was a little too early. Bangladesh time, too. Yeah. Too yeah. Early. And if they were going to get on, I'd rather them do their own thing completely separate. Right. Not that they were playing as a, a, a unit or two or three together. I'd rather it just be one at a time doing something and right. then somebody else come on right. and so forth. Uh, yep. Uh, Joe uh, Mantineo asks an interesting question, and I, I kind of answered mine at the beginning, so the rest of you can answer if you want. Uh, what songs were not included in the Paul McCartney lyrics book that you wish had yeah. done. Oh, Ooh. I mean, yeah. For me, right off the top of my head, writing the Vanity Fair. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's that's the song, one of the songs I, I really would have liked the most. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't think I've given it much thought. The end of the end. Mm, good, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I was kind of surprised I, it didn't include mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. one of his greatest songs of all yes. time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, 
And also, um, I, I still think he never included any song that he wrote with Elvis Costello. No. No, no. that's right. He didn't. Well, Which is point. strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe? I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. I haven't mm-hmm. gone through the whole book, just certain songs. Yeah. Um, so I'm drawing a, a blank. Anything that glared at me and said, Why didn't he, I wish he would have talked about this or that. No, I don't. I can't think of anything to tell you the truth. Yeah, um, so I know. I know he missed a lot, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. And it's some big songs. I mean, silly love songs isn't in there. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. it's another. I mean, with a little luck. I mean, the number one songs that um, you know, I'm sure we would like to hear a little bit more of that just aren't in the book. I'm like, we're, yeah. all his all his catalog is going in my mind now. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a lot. You know, there's plenty. There's yeah, yeah. there's I, I got I got checked by machine, so I'm happy. That's <laughs> right. When you think lyrics, you, you think check my check machine. My machine. Yes. That was that Absolutely. was the shocker. That was okay. really a shocker. Doesn't like, get really? deeper than that. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's... Is early days in the book? I think it is. No, think... early days. Oh, it isn't. No. 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 Nope, nope, nope. Well, early days is when I like to hear them. Yeah. yeah. Expand right. on more. Only Love right. Remains. Mm-hmm. Water. Yeah, I was disappointed in that. One. Yeah, I thought that press, might press, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. On your head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Poetry. Yes. All right. All right. Let's keep this train moving. All right. Okay. All this right. time I'm going to reverse it and I'm going to go Kit O'Toole first. Okay. Let what is your see. question? Okay, uh, let me see which one I think would be the best one. All right, what is, do you think is the best Beatles-related movie? Oof. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, like, not one, not one of their movies, but something related right, yeah, to the Beatles. Yeah, not one of their own. Yeah, one right. of the, yeah. Like you know, it could be a movie about them. It could be a movie. What's at- the what's the one when they're in Hamburg? Backbeat. 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 Yes. Don't Backbeat. take my movie. Yeah, Backbeat. <laughs> would, yeah, Backbeat's been my favorite of those things that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm with you. I, I was going to say Backbeat. Um, I think they kind of nailed the feeling of the early right. Beatles in there. And is it Ian Hart who plays? John in that? Yes. His name? I, I think he's he's the best mm. John I've seen. Every time I watch that, I believe that's a young John Lennon. It's hard mm. to do, you know, because, you know, the Beatles are so specifically, they look specifically right. the way we know them and the actor speak a way we know them. And you always know it's an actor doing when mm. they're doing it. But in that, when I watch that, I can, I can buy into it. Unlike, say, Nowhere Boy, right. which I just couldn't get into that actor. I, mm. He never felt like John to me. Okay. Ken? I have to agree with all of you. I mean, the mm. one the one that just came to mind was Backbeat, mm. and a lot of it has to do with the with the acting, like you said, Ian Hart, and the guy that played Stu Sutcliffe, whose name yes. I can't come up with. I forget Stephen something. Stephen yeah. Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Dorf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, you really believe that there was, you know, a love between the two of them, mm. and um, you know, it, it's an avenue that really hadn't been explored yeah. all that much. You know, in the okay, history of the Beatles, the right. relationship, the, the the strong bond that they had. Mm. Um, you know, some people think that that John was maybe closer to Stu than he was with Paul. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. I think Paul used to, used to. There was a little problem there, right? Which was oh yeah, I like mean, that's the used to lash, yep. yeah, jealousy, jealousy. lash out. That used to mm. lash out at Stu for 
you know, not playing well or. There's a lot of know. good stuff in the, in the Mark Lewison book. Tune in about that kind of thing. Mm. I think right. between the two of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. All right. Yep. Kit, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, wait, I got to share mine. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, and and uh, yeah, I didn't, I thought we'd have word diverse answers. Backbeat right. is mine as well. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that mm. yeah, Ian Hart really, I think is the best John out there. Mm. Um, I love the soundtrack too. I thought, you know, they really did a great job of kind of capturing almost the, you know, almost punk kind mm. of spirit right. of that time uh we're getting a lot of uh, interesting um uh, a number of people also say that but they also said uh nowhere two boy yeah. two of us i was going to say two of us also I, uh, two of us i like i just don't think the actors would right mm, yeah the Paul, uh, Eden, mm. uh, i want to hold your hand this mention and that is yeah. that is a that's good, a good one, one. Oh, yeah. captures yeah. kind of the spirit the of Romania. right Agreed. you know so True. that's a that's a good one too yeah. so yeah, uh yeah okay yep. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, kids. Uh, Joe, mean Mr. Mayo, what is your second question? All right, here we go. Um, am I going to word this? I'm going to try to do it straightforward. Okay, now this is either Beatles or Solo, and you have to pick something. You have to pick something. Okay. okay. The song What's something? The best song? How you doing? <laughs> go ahead. What's the best song Paul ever wrote? Oh, wow. The best song Paul ever wrote. Whew. I know it's I know it's going to take time, probably, but uh, maybe you had some things in your mind. You've thought from time to time, as I have. I've narrowed it down to like three, four, five songs, I think, maybe. And this is Beatles or solo? Anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I you know, I've been very the last few years. I've been very high on Penny Lane. Um. I, I just think it's an amazing piece of pop and, and lyrically, I think it's, it's one of his, uh, I'm going to go with Penny Lane right now. Okay. Uh, anybody else ready? Uh, I'm ready. Call me in a week. Do you give mine and give you some time or yeah. I'll, I'll talk. It's not going to be much time I can drag yeah, I know. it out if you like me to drag it out. Yeah, I mean, I almost said yesterday. <laughs> But yeah. but Eleanor Rigby, yeah. you know that's on another level. I mean that's poetry. Mm. It I, really I just, it really is, and I'm mm. I'm just that you know again I I want that fatigue thing to get out of there when I'm mm. trying to yeah because when I first heard that I was a kid and you know it was kind of deep right. for me as a kid I thought mm. it was amazing a masterpiece yep it really right. really affected me it was even, it was a little, really intense and then you hear it so many times and you, you, know, right. you grow up and it's like right. decades later you're like yeah Eleanor Rigby mm. he's doing Eleanor Rigby again live you know mm. <laughs> but you know it, yep it's a, it's so great but that's not my my pick necessarily mm. but okay. uh, Kenny you ready or you go a little longer. <laughs> I can go a little. I could, I could, I, I can name ten songs that I think are his greatest songs. You know. Well, um, uh, I'll, I'll, okay. How about if I just while you're thinking yeah. of through those ten? Um, <laughs> you know, it's also a combination of song and recording. Probably, Hey Jude. Mm. You know, a powerful thing. melody. His vocals are amazing. The 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 constant the coda that goes on for like three minutes. Um, you know right, right. everything that's associated with it um okay. the worldliness of the song that, you uh, know, yes kind of kind of like you know let it be in that regard but um yep. you All know right. ask me my top 10 next time <laughs> instead of one <laughs> yeah. it's just I want to uh, make it hard <laughs> yeah 
Joe, but um, um, I, well, I, I, there's two that I'm always struggling with with this. I get to like name two, you know, as I'm doing this. Even though I said only one. I'm always, I'm always thinking these days, either let it be, or maybe I'm amazed. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with let it be. Uh, you know, I said I've talked about this so much lately. I don't know. It's just it's every every time I hear it, it, unlike some other songs I named, where I'm like, oh, no, oh, I gotta hear. Hey, Jude's on again. Yesterday's on again. Eleanor Rigby's on again. When I let it be, I always want to hear it. I always want to listen to it, and it's 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 kind of deep. It's got all kinds of uh, feeling. Even it's got a little Which religious version? connotation to me. Uh, well, what? the album version with the guitar, okay. the guitar, guitar, guitar yeah. is my, yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Although, you know, it's not was intended religious, and, and uh, right. you know, I take it as Paul's mother. But it has a mm. double meaning. Paul said it one time. You know, if you want to take it that way, that's that's fine too. Uh, okay. The reason maybe I'm amazed was in running. I just love how that's really Paul pouring his soul out, and he's and his like uncertainty and a deeper kind of song about himself. Mm. You know. mm. Okay. Cool. All right, it's Joe. funny. We we do a solo Beatles show, and we all pick the Beatles song. <laughs> Didn't we? Didn't we? <laughs> Well, yep. we're dissing Paul here. <laughs> yeah. And this is why people keep asking him needle <laughs> questions. Oh, Matthew Smith, Matthew Smith wants to change his vote to my love. I know, oh, yeah, I knew, sure, buddy. I knew you loved that song, Matthew. You could say right. you hate it all you want. Mm, yep. <laughs> all right, Ken, you're up next. Okay. Many years ago, <laughs> on things we said today, we did a show on this and I wanted to ask my co-hosts what are the biggest mistakes the Beatles ever made as a group as a group but I want to trim it down to just one what would you say and you might think they never made a mistake but I you know to me it's 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 as perfect a catalog as you can get but if you could pick one thing that you think was the biggest mistake they ever Mm. made together yeah what would it be yeah um i would All be right. um wait, 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 wait. no 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 i'm sorry go ahead go ahead um <laughs> why don't we start with kit oh man no start with tom because i'm still thinking yes, tom was, tom was thinking like too. where to go he's like on, i know there's only one that listen, well, <laughs> no, well listen people will, a lot of people will things. say magical mystery tour i know uh-huh. a lot of people will say that i tend to believe that if they maybe waited another month or two in between, you know, after the release of the White Album, you know, give it a few more month break, maybe we would have had a little bit more time with the Beatles or maybe another album or two. So I think the biggest mistake was coming back too quickly from after the, uh, the release of the White Album. Hmm. Very interesting that you, that you say that because in one of the shows that I did, I think when I was speaking with Al Sussman and Tom Franjone, I kind of got the feeling from Paul that he had to keep pushing the band mm-hmm. because if they were lax for a while, if they right. went for any long period of time, it mm-hmm. would be even more of a struggle to get them back. Mm-hmm. You know, and who knows? Maybe John mm-hmm. would want to do more stuff with Yoko. Mm-hmm. George was, you know, spending yeah. time with the band, and you know, it's Dylan, yeah, yeah, and, and all mm-hmm. that. So. It's interesting that you bring that up. Mm. Interesting theory there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know. I, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Shit. All right, Joe. You want to be next? 
I'm sorry. I was thinking Kid asked a question for some. I'm like, I'm oh, no. sorry. <laughs> I, I'm forgetting who asked what. I, I, I yeah. thought you were going to go last, Kid. Well, no, no. I, let me say, I, I thought, you know, I always think right away, like Tom said, Magical Mystery Tour pops in your mind because that's what's gone down as oh, that's the one, like, you know, mistake uh, they made, uh, something they did wrong, so to speak, because it wasn't received well and all that. Uh, but if I'm going to try to get a little more creative, I wonder if we can count this. Would you count this before Ringo? When we're talking about the choices for the Deco audition, which which might be, um, I don't know, more Brian's idea. I, I don't know. I think it was really right, and we're not so much the Beatles as a group. But to try to be a little different, other than Magical Mystery Tour, which is the only thing I, I could really think that, oh, gee, you know, shouldn't have done that, as it turned mm-hmm. out, the movie. Um, I'm thinking the material was pretty weak, I thought, overall on that. You know, I never understood that. Although now we hear from Mark Lewison and the story about how actually the publishing company was interested in, like, Dreamers do. Right. right. But I would have thought, you know, they would try to do a little more original, something that, that's not so uh, outdated sounding for them mm. these days you listen to it it's easy to say oh that's not the, really the Beatles stuff you know mm. why, why did they go that was their their act at the time that stuff they, they liked right. sang. but uh, they, they seem to always want to kind of push the barrier uh, this John and Paul did I'm surprised they would go with stuff like uh, they did on that hmm hmm well, it was yeah, it a, a representation of what they were doing live. And right. I know that in the case of Brian, he wanted the Beatles to showcase all the variety within the group mm-hmm. and to have three lead vocalists, right. you know, on be- between those 15 songs. So you put three originals on there and you do maybe, maybe they could have had more originals. Maybe they weren't too proud of the original stuff that they had mm-hmm. come up with by that time. Um, yeah, but it's it's a fascinating document of where they were at by January 1st of 1962. Right. And, a, and a huge difference once Ringo joined the band. Definitely. Yeah. I always like to compare the DECA to Please Please Me and what a difference in a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, from That's all the performing sure. that the Beatles were doing and adding Ringo into the group. But it's still an interesting collection. Mm. But, but yep. it's, 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 okay. a, it's yep. a good suggestion and i'm still trying to figure how they wrote all those songs because you know growing up i always thought oh they had a backlog of songs you know they wrote so many songs together they had but they just dug these all out no it's almost like they didn't really have anything much to, to speak of ask me why love me do uh ps i love you and so forth and then all of a sudden it's like one after just but just overnight like that almost mm. right one after the other as if they knew how to do this since 1960 or something and they, were, they had these i don't get that part sometimes it makes me wonder did they really write them <laughs> they must have they blossom so quickly oh don't really start good. another conspiracy with the, like the shakespeare, <laughs> no, no. like the shakespeare well, conspiracy did the shakespeare well, actually Bernard, write Bernard, all this stuff yeah. don't forget bernard purdy played the drums yeah right. <laughs> yeah, right. Kit, kit what's your, all right. uh, your answer i think the answer I, I think now i've i've got it which is uh don't think because you are a great artist that uh, you think you can also be a great uh, business person, yeah. you know, in other good. words, good, good, sure. good. Yes. I think um, I know where you're going. You know, when Brian you. died, yeah. um, mm. they should have hired uh, another 
you know, manager to, you know, mm. not Alan Klein, but another, another manager to, you know, really take care of, of, you know, business matters and so forth, because, you know, managing yourself, right. not a good idea. And I think when they tried to take that on, um, you know, starting Apple, and we all know what happened there. Right. Um, and, yeah. you know, going into Magical Mystery Tour, um, you know, because at first I thought about ma ma mentioning Magical Mystery Tour, that was the first thing that jumped into my mind. But then I thought, wait a minute, would they have even yeah. done Magical Mystery Tour if Brian had right. still been on the scene? Probably not, you know, or he would have. You just, don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know. Or you know, get as much control, and he was losing a little control. So he probably so. was, you know, mm -hmm. but influence. He, yeah, yeah, he didn't have as much influence by that time. That's true. But he might have said, you know, boys, we need to think about financing this, and you know, I well, mean, he could have found he could have found him a better better project as well. Yeah. You know, something yeah. along those lines, but definitely the whole Apple mess. I mean, all the money yeah. they lost on right. that. You know, mm. they needed somebody right. to to guide them. And and so, as I said, just because you are an artistic genius does right. not mean you are a business genius. They needed somebody <laughs> who cared. That's you. There you go. That is correct, Tom. Well, very kid. Very I love your good. answer. That was really that really yes. was perfect. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that was really. That's yeah. probably, that might be their biggest mistake. Okay. Yeah. It led to everything else. Mm -hmm. mm. Cool. Very, Very yeah. interesting. You know, yeah. I, I I will probably give the same answer that I did back then on, on mm -hmm. things we said today, but that's very convincing what you just said there, Kit. Mm. But I just think that the Beatle breakup anyway was going to happen. Yeah. Mm. It, may, it may have happened oh, sure. later. Right. But mm -hmm. I contend that um, I really wish that John and Paul let George have more songs on, oh, on their albums yeah. towards yeah. the end. And certainly since nowadays, almost everybody seems to be saying that something in Here Comes the Sun are the two best songs on Abbey Road. Right. And um, recognizing how much Here Comes the Sun is so loved now as a song, the most streamed Beatles song. And just how he was flourishing towards the end and becoming more and more prolific. And, um, you know, I've often said that as much as I love I Me Mine and For You Blue, I would take just about anything that's on All Things Must Pass over those two songs. Mm. And um, to not really recognize how George was really growing although as we do know from that meeting that the beatles had in september mm. of 69 when john made that proposal to have a more balanced album for john songs for mm. paul songs for george songs i think to ringo you know john was recognizing that fact i don't know if paul was but um you know i think that uh had they given george's songs given him more time on their albums then maybe the group would have stayed together a little bit right. longer. Um, you know, I'm only thinking in terms more so of a, a creative mistake that they made as opposed to a business mistake. Right. You know, um, George was really just growing in leaps and bounds and all things must pass was, was living proof of that. Right. Not to mention how active he became in supporting all the Apple artists and spending a lot of time, a lot of time, them and playing on their records. And he was so fully invested in Apple. Right. And, um, you know, in a lot of the conversations that I've been having lately on my YouTube channel and my podcast, I really think that 
even by mid 1970, George wasn't that convinced that the Beatles were going to break up, despite right. John making the announcement to the band and Paul, um, you know, issuing the the Q and A with his first album. So, you know, I just wish that that John and Paul would let would have let George have more songs yeah, on their I, albums. I, I really dislike what Paul said during that meeting that you brought up, Ken, oh, about yeah. how he felt that George's stuff just wasn't up to stuff until, you know, those songs on um, Abbey Road. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel I agree with you 100 percent. You should have got and, that more. That tape uh, needs to be heard more publicly. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. John George. Champion. George. Yeah. Paul yeah, when Paul said that. Yeah, yeah and then John's <laughs> kind of saying, well, Maxwell Silver Hammer wasn't exactly right. <laughs> a work of art. Mm. I mean, that was like, whoa. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, ouch. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a number of people now that will say something like, you know, the Beatles should have included, um, say, Sour Milk Sea or Not Guilty right. on the White Album. And do we really have to have Why Don't We Do It in the Road or Wild Honey Pie? Right. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Beatle fans all have different opinions. I've yeah, also we'll read out some of them. That are I agree with George. Paul's opinion. I like Paul's opinion on the Beatles. <laughs> <wine album. laughs> Sold. It's the bloody Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Ken. Thank okay. you for that. Okay. Um, my second question. You have a newcomer, an up and coming fan of the solo Beatles. He's really been taking to, and you want to put him under his wing. What's one album from each individual artist do you tell recommend him to listen, this person to listen to, to get introduced to John Paul, George and Ringo's solo career and greatest hits and compilations do not count. Ooh. We have to, you have to tell this person one album from each um, that you recommend that, that uh, he starts or I shouldn't say he, but this person listens to. Okay. So, and anyone can start if you have an answer. Um, I have an an answer, but um, not going to surprise a lot of people. I don't yeah. think. Me too. I think <laughs> for John, I would say, well, well, maybe you know, because John go a couple of ways. Uh, I would say, imagine. I just mm. think you know it's got his greatest anthem song on it, and uh, you know it's it's got other songs that are deep from the heart, but a little more accessible, a little more commercial, mm -hmm. uh, easy to take, you know, compared to the first album. So I picked that. Then for Paul, uh, as much as this is not my real personal favorite anymore right now, I, I would I'd say uh, go with Band on the Run to start with, you know, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Paul, George. All things must pass. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I go with that. Ringo, I do. I have to say the Ringo album. I mean, I wanted to say Time Takes Time, but the self-titled Ringo album, you can't go wrong with that. It's one of the greatest solo albums, period. You know, mm. not just Ringo's. Okay. Kit? Okay. That's exactly what I was going to say. Those exact four <laughs> albums. That's, I mean, that's it. I mean, those are the four best introductions. Now, you know, are those are 
you know, four absolute favorites, maybe not, but, but they're, Mm. you know, but they are the best introductions. They have some of their best known songs. Um, And particularly for John, you know, I don't know if I would start a complete newcomer with the Plastic Ono Band album, because as wonderful as that album is, it might be a little much (laughs) for for a complete newcomer. So yeah, I would go with Imagine. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to be too different from what you guys have said. Mm-hmm. I definitely would go with Imagine for John. Um, you know, like you said, Joe, it's got his anthem on there. It's got accessible stuff like Oh Yoko on it and Jealous Guy. And it's got his political side, too, with Give Me Some Truth in there. Oh, My Love, one of his greatest ballads, stuff like that. Um, the thing with Paul, I understand that on the run being so successful as his most successful album if you want to go with familiar probably been on the run but if you Mm. want to go with what paul's all about which to me is a guy who's all over the place musically and does a wide variety of styles on his albums i probably would go with tug of war Mm. you know tug of war is a flawless album for me and it's got so many different styles from him it's got a you know a few duets on there with stevie wonder and and uh duet with carl perkins you don't get much better as a as a great pop song with horns than ballroom dancing or or take it away the the funkiness of what's that you're doing Mm. how how tender and and emotional here today is for john you know the great orchestration of, of the song tug of war the fact that you've got george martin there at the helm to guide him um I probably would go with that. Mm. Um, George, you know, as much as I love living in the material world, that's my favorite album. It's a very deep album, kind of like Plastic on a Band. So I would still go with All Things Must Pass because there's Mm. so much great material on Mm. there. Yeah. Right. The only thing greater than one great album or two great albums. So you really can't beat All Things Must Pass in that department. And with Ringo, um, as much as I love the period from Time Takes Time on, and I, I've often said Time Takes Time, the first three albums with Mark Hudson are among the best. So is the Ringo album. The Ringo album's got three major hits on it. It's got the other Beatles on there to help them out. Right. You know, it's you can't really top Ringo as a starting point for a fan. So the only right. difference between what you guys have said, I'd go with Tug of War. But Okay. That's yeah. a good pick yeah. for the yeah. reasons that you, you, you yeah. stated. Yeah, yeah definitely. And and I would echo that, you know, with with Paul, I would just go with another album and I would go with Flaming Pie because he's all over uh, the map on that one, too, with with mm. duets and, you know, rockers and, and ballads and, you know, big productions like, you know, Beautiful Night. And obviously we have the, you know, Ringo there as well. So, I mean, I, I think I would go Flaming Pie for Paul, um, you know. I would really like to see what a younger person would think of Cloud Nine as their first album, first introduction oh, to hmm. to George yeah. Harrison. You know, I think there's a lot of commerciality in that one. I mean, I think it's more friendly. Uh, it's not as dark or as preachy as some of his maybe some of his albums, but um, I think that one's a more friendly um, uh, album for to introduce people to, or especially a younger person. Um, you know, Ringo, Ringo, obviously. Um, and then I, you know, what I would actually would like to introduce someone to 
to, to mind games for, for John myself. I just think it's a more, you know, again, a more pop friendly, you know, album. I think, you know, if they can, you know, if they like that, and you know, because there is a little, maybe a little darkness to it, but it's more, you know, a bright, you know, it's more John, I think, getting to the pop side of it. And then if they like that, then maybe they can venture to the plastic Ono and, and imagine. Um, hmm. But I would like to, them to see, you know, the, maybe the, like a little, brighter side of John first rather than maybe a little bit more like the darker songs from, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you want to introduce to somebody that has a, you know, how do you sleep on the album, you know, so, right. so right off the right. bat, Good point. Good but point. you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, those, those would be my four. So cool. I, All right. That's I, round two, but go ahead, Ken. I, I also would add, you know, good point about cloud nine. It's, it's a lot easier to introduce someone to a single disc mm -hmm. than for them right. to absorb a, two albums right two albums yeah. So, yeah. i thought about that too yeah, yeah. it's, it's a True. very accessible album cloud nine so mm -hmm. that's yeah a, that's yeah. an excellent choice yeah yeah cool kit did you see any other uh questions uh or do you just uh, want to go into round three um well we could do one one question here um okay a, a very topical one uh from uh, from jeremy what scene or song are we looking most forward to in uh in the upcoming get back film Ooh. Oh man! Well, we don't um, always—we don't know what's going to be in yet, right? Yeah, we don't. I mean, Everything. We, some vague. I mean, we well, you know what I'm going to say these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> Should I say it again? I would say sure. It again, but I've seen it already, though. So <laughs> sure, but go that, ahead. that right. clip there's a clip on YouTube. I keep promoting you down so much. Yeah. It's yeah. don't let me down. Hmm. And they're doing it. It's the, the title. I couldn't find it for a while. I kept looking for it. Then it says in the Apple hmm. basement. And that's how you know which one it is. Apple basement, it says. And the, so you look at it, and it's got mm -hmm. doing "Don't Let Me Down" and Billy Preston is what really kills me in it on it in a good way. I mean, oh, you know, it's he, he's so into it, he's so happy to be playing along. The mood is lifted. John even says something like that, and something like that. You, hey, Bill, you lifted us. Oh, something. Yeah, he yeah. says in, in the beginning, in between. Um, and I, I'm just loving it. Uh, I'm also looking forward to George walking out. To see what happened, mm. what, yeah. what what's going on. <laughs> All right, Ken, yep. you have an answer. Um, I suppose it would be "Don't Let Me Down" because in in one of the trailers, they have a moment in there which is from the very beginning of the January sessions where um, they're doing the middle part. Um, I'm in love for the first time, mm -hmm. and then they're working out. They're singing and, and they're answering back a line which they don't use in the finished song so it's something that they tested out that they that they decided not to work with but i love that kind of stuff as you know right. the the evolution of songs mm -hmm. so um probably that but if they do have that take of one after 909 which is from the apple Studios ah. with billy preston the one that's that's on the box set not the one on the mm -hmm. apple rooftop um mm -hmm. i'd love to see that mm -hmm. if they have yeah. that in its in its entirety cool all right. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to a lot of Billy. Yeah. He's, yes. he's really winning me over yeah. in recent me years. Me too. <laughs> yep. That's that's one. Uh also after uh reading a comment, I I mentioned this uh uh I think on uh Fab Gap uh the other day on uh when uh, Allison Boron mentioned uh she's the host of uh BC the Beatles, co-host of mm -hmm. BC the Beatles with Erica White, and she works for Rhino Records and got to see um 
kind of a, a preview uh, of uh, Get Back uh, in LA. And she said she it, it included the rooftop concert. Right. And she said it, you know, the whole rooftop concert. And she said it looked incredible. She said it looked and sounded incredible. So I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> How could I forget the rooftop concert? Right, right? You right. think that would be the first on everybody's tongue, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, there are many things. And yeah, Billy Preston is my other thing I'm looking forward to. But, oh, uh, so but, cool. but, yeah, but, oh man, a restored full rooftop concert. Yeah. I mean, this you know, is going to be great. That, okay. that would, that would be mine, but you know, ever since I've listened to that black album bootleg from the mid '90s, I have just been fascinated with Enoch Powell and the yes. whole no, no Pakistani thing. Yep. I'd be really, really curious to see if if they even, you know, think about tackling that whole that whole bit, you know, and 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 whether or not they put anything in text about, you know, this is why. Paul is singing it this way, you know, because of this person, you know, and, and what his politics were. And then I don't know, Ken looks like he want to say something. And I'm curious <laughs> well, to, to know what it is. When we interviewed Peter Jackson a few hours ago, he said right. Commonwealth is right. in the movie, but he said yes. no Pakistanis. Ah. Not. Oh, okay. too bad. It's on the extra footage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> extra okay. six hours. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Oh, too bad. Yeah, because I remember when that mm. bootleg came out, and then there was all this, you know, oh my God, the Beatles recorded this racist song, right. and you know, and exactly. it was taken completely, completely out of context. Out of context, right? You yeah. know, once it's explained, then right. it makes now, sense. Did you did you ask a follow up question if uh, that was because Paul didn't want that in the uh, in the uh, in the movie itself? No. Okay. But they're supposed to have some footage thrown into the movie for context about that with Enoch Powell. Okay. Oh, cool, that. cool. They're going to oh, throw great. that in okay. to kind of explain Excellent. why it's there. So, okay. yeah. That's great. Ken, this, is, this interview is going to be epic. <laughs> and I know there are a lot of people that tell me all the time they'd love to see a bit in there with Yoko eating George's digestive biscuit. Yes, <laughs> I should have asked him about that. And George having a hissy fit. Yeah, the, the follow-up interview, Ken. The follow-up <laughs> interview. Yeah. You never know. Okay, you never know. You never know. Oh. Exactly. Uh, All right. Man. Well, I'll uh, I'll start round three this time, and I'm gonna just go with the very easy one. And you know, I don't think it's really controversial, but I know how Paul wanted it, this album to be, and he wanted it to be the way it was released in the UK. Obviously, we got it with an extra song here in the states in December of '73. Helen Wheels or not to Helen Wheels? That is the question. Kit. Helen Wheels. Absolutely. That should have been on there. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, that is such a great song. I don't know, you know, why he, he didn't have it on the, the UK version. And, and he seemed kind of, you know, baffled that it was, as I recall in interviews that he, you know, that it was, you know, that the US label wanted it included. And, and like, what do you mean? That's a that's an incredible song. Of right. course, it should be on the album. So, yes. <laughs> okay, Joe. Well, I I grew up with it that way. I'm used to it. There, it belongs there to me. So that I'm going based on that. You know, I can't imagine the album without Helen Wheels. It's not a personal favorite of mine, but I, you know, I like it when I hear it. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just belongs on there to me. Uh, I can't imagine. What was it? Nine tracks or something without it? Yeah, yeah. nine nine yeah. without it. Yep. You, you know, and it's a short, short wait, too. Um, I, I understand from Paul's perspective, you know, what he's thinking. But well, because yeah, you know, it was a single, and we want to keep the yeah. singles off the records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, Helen Wheels. <laughs> All right, Ken. Oh, definitely, uh, Helen Wheels. Yeah. It's lacking something without it. Of course, mm. I'm used to it that way. Right. But you know, this is how Paul's mind works. He gets it in his head. Certain songs are standalone singles that don't belong on albums. And he already had Live and Let Die, by the way, before uh, mm. Helen Wheels. Mm. So, um, yeah, but he's a brilliant man. And very often he may not know what his best material is, as <laughs> we talked about in podcast shows. Right. This is the man that didn't recognize my love as a hit. Right. You know, and uh, Pete Bennett, who was, you know, doing promotion work, I guess. Um, he was the one who said, you got to release that as a single. It was number one for four weeks, and he didn't hear it in his head that way. Yeah. But that's who he is, you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could go either way with this one. I could take it or leave it. However, yeah, that's the wow I was introduced to the song was on the album. I mean, it's on the U.S., it's on the Columbia version, it's on the 25th anniversary edition. It's just, you know, it's just on all of these versions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it does add another you know, straightforward rocker that maybe, um, you know, a little more pickup on, on Band on the Run. However, there's 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 already a bunch of rockers um, on Band on the Run. So did it need another bet rocker? Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I think it definitely adds, uh, you know, a little more, a little more oomph to the album, if you will. Um, did it lead off uh, side two? I know it's on side two. Um, I just no can't side remember. two started uh, with Lamonia. With Monia, right? But then um, no words, then Helen no Wheels. words, and then then Helen Wheels. Thank you. Um, so so yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, take Helen Wheels for sure. So you know, right. part of the reason for the success of that album was the fact that it had three hits. And it was a gradual <laughs> climb from right. Wheels, then Jet, then Ben on the Run. Ben on the Run. And, you know, it was staying in the top 10 for a long time. Mm. And it, it went to number one three separate times. Right. But That's it was true. because of, you know, adding another single. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Hmm. Um, Joe, we'll go with you this time. Question three. Question three. All right. Um, We'll see how I'm going to put it. A lot of people, you know, didn't want to let the Beatles go. They still don't. My friend Anthony is like that. You know, well, the Beatles could have carried on and everything for more years, at least till '75, he says. But what I want to know, what you guys think is, um, let's suppose that now this is along with the solo careers, say up until 1980 when we lost John. We'll say the '70s and into 1980. The Beatles wound up, they, they still made solo records. Would they be exactly the solo records that we that they had? We know what they had. I don't know. But they also did Beatle records, too. But the catch might be that even, would you want them to do that, even if the Beatle albums occasionally became mediocre, a few of them? Like, it wasn't like everything was, you know, classic, classic good stuff but you still had some Beatles with solo. Would you like it to be that or would you prefer the way it turned out 
Hmm. So like a like a Genesis kind of uh, arrangement. Like they, hmm. they do our, their solo stuff and then come back together periodically to do albums the, together. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I don't know what the solo albums would be if they'd be they if they'd be exactly the same as we knew them or what, but they'd come back to do some Beatles stuff. But they wouldn't always be, you know, big flawless Beatles album hits. They'd be some of them might be like a I hate to say it, but a Stones album, a later, a later Stones album. <laughs> you might get some dirty work in there or somewhere <laughs> along the line. Or for arguments, that, you know, um, come up with an idea. What do you think? I, I, well, I don't know. Is anybody ready to go? Any, any, well, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, you know, I'll go. I mean, I think that Paul wouldn't have had a problem writing enough material. Um, for the group activity and solo stuff. But however, I do maybe think, even though George had a lot of stuff with 70, with all things in his past, his productivity kind of dwindled a little bit more as, as, the, as the years went on. Um, maybe he wouldn't have been as motivated. Um, I, I, th- I think they would have been good albums if, if that was the case. Um, but I don't think they would have been great albums. Um, obviously, they probably would have picked the best of the best to go on those Beatles records. The, the bands on the run, the, the the mind games, maybe the number nine dreams, the, you know, um, give me love, the, you know, stuff like that. And then obviously six o'clock, you know, I mean, all those great songs that they wrote for Ringo would probably be on those records. So, you know, Ringo's solo career might have been, you know, may have never taken off uh, if that's the if that's the case. But I think it's better left, better off left that they didn't do albums in the seventies. Okay. I, I, yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think it it happened the the way it should, because I, you know, they went out on top and um, you know, they, I, I think it would have been, you know, may have tarnished their legacy a little bit if, if they had come out with, as you said, Tom, I think that's probably would have happened. They would have been, you know, good albums, but, mm. but probably, you know, how could they have possibly topped what they did in, in mm. the 60s? And, and, you know, and they couldn't. And, and you know, and they, why would you try? I mean, there's, yeah. you know, there's no mm. way. And I mean, nothing, you know, could compare to that. And I think, you know, it, it just would have been pointless to, to do that. And I mean, and sure, they could have just released albums just for the love of it, obviously. But mm-hmm. but I also think they were going in such different directions, musical directions in the 70s, too. Um, and they needed to do that. You know, they needed to find their, their own voices, their own sounds. I, I think it, it happened the way it did probably needed to and uh and we got such wonderful solo careers out of it um Mm. and uh and you know and sure part of all of us wish they didn't break up of course but uh but on the other hand you think you know but they boy did they go out on top (laughs) and 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 look how their legacy continues now they they never became uncool (laughs) you know they never have because their quality never went down so, um, so yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that in, in the seventies. Okay. And of course, Ken wishes that the Beatles stayed together. Never, there were never any, any solo albums. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
What do you think, Ken? Well, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said and disagree with some of it. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not of the opinion that whatever would have made Beatles albums of the 70s would have been their best songs like Band on the Run or whatever. I do think that they all went in their own way. Uh, th they developed their own styles on their own. And like I've said before here on this show, I could not possibly see John and Paul playing on the songs on All Things Must Pass, just mm -hmm. like I couldn't possibly see Paul and George playing on the Plastic Ono Band album, you know, even though George played on Imagine. But, you know, they all went in different directions, as you said. And, um, you know, they all had incredible solo careers. They're the only band where every single member had a lot of success with singles and albums. And, you know, I, I, I think so much more highly of the Beatles for that reason. I enjoy the solo music of the Beatles every bit as much as I enjoy what they did as a band. And yes, the Beatles left while they were on top. It's great to do that. But to also accomplish the, the success that they had on their own, all four of them, is something that's so beyond extraordinary that most people... Mm you know, take for granted. So um, in a creative capacity, you know, by the Beatles breaking up, they put out so much more solo music than they would have if they stayed together and only put out music as a band. And I think we benefited from it. And, you know, we got so much more music out of George and Ringo than we ever would have if we kept that format you know, that's the one thing about the Beatles. They kept on changing and changing and changing, and we admire them for right. it. But the one thing that was a format within the Beatles was that John and Paul dominated the songs. Right. And I think that was a problem towards the end, as, as I mentioned earlier. So, you know, in a creative capacity, you know, uh, the Beatle breakup was not a tragedy to me. <laughs> right. You know, the, the Beatle breakup was tragic in how it affected their friendships and how it frayed, especially with Paul for a while. But in a creative sense, you know, we got so much more music out of them on their own. And they all proved themselves on their own and they all developed their own styles. Nobody sounds like any of the four of them. Mm. And I think, you know, the solo careers are a blessing. Yep. Right. And I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is, is, you know, in those records, even though they weren't a band anymore, in, you know, in the mid and late, mid to late 80s, I was still able to go to any record store I want and get any Beatles record that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Still, I mean, that's remarkable in a way that this band had their stuff in print for so long after they had disbanded. You, know, sure. you didn't see that with a lot of different acts. Yep. Mm -hmm. sure. And also to, to carry that thought, there's so many songs, especially from Paul, that I couldn't possibly see. Would you want John to be playing on silly love songs? You know, <laughs> you I know? don't think he would have. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, 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 no, no. And so many things like <laughs> George's songs from Leaving the Material World work out on Beatles albums. I don't know. But, but then, yeah, but then I see, I wasn't necessarily thinking in terms of everything would play out as it did. It would be the same songs only with the Beatles. I right, wasn't thinking right. like that. Everybody has right. their own thought process. Yeah. But, um, I'm just so happy with the way it worked out. I am like, I like, when you, I like when you said it wasn't a big tragedy uh, that the Beatles broke up or whatever term you used, Ken, because mm. I mean, yeah, personally, sure. Uh, but it was the right thing at the right time. It had to happen. And I love the solo careers too. So 
I love doing the whole Beatle thing. And they end on the top of their game. They can't touch them. And then they go off into four different directions to explore and have more fun with and yep. uh, branch out. Well said. Uh, exactly. I do think Sumi See You Blues, though, would have made a great Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Anyways, I just can't see John and Paul yeah, playing on that. Uh, no. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Awkward. Kit, was there one more uh, last question we can find from the from the audience? Or yeah. Should we call it, call it a night? Uh, let's do one more because this is kind of a nice one to end on. Uh, okay. This is from Adam James, and uh, he asks, which John Lennon album meant something, meant the most to you? And, mm. and you know, still, uh, he says, still pulls at your heartstrings and why? You know, I okay. thought that was kind of a mm. nice one to end on. So. Mm. Hmm. These are all tough. I'll start off by saying you know, I tell the story all the time I, I have to go with Plastic Ono Band and when I first heard it because I was just a, I was a young early teen guy and I was going through whatever people go through you know I had issues in my you know family you know and stuff like that and whatever you go through in high school at the, uh, was I in high school at the time? Yeah I was in high school at the time just starting out um and i i played that album with headphones and i had the lyrics i've never heard it before and it was at night and i was in the uh like a porch a front porch in, in, in the dark and all you could see was the moonlight and it's just the right mood to really get into this album and i was like i i've never been so affected by an album or music in, in my life at that time mm. and everything was touching every nerve every emotion i you know i could relate to it it's like i i could have sang some of these songs and it was all there these days though the other part of the question it doesn't really hit me in the same in that regard i still acknowledge it as a, a masterpiece of sorts but you know i'm not feeling that kind of angst much anymore or stuff so you got to be in a certain frame of mind to be often say right to really get into it all of it but um yeah that was the one that hit me the most great um i'll agree with 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 joe um plastic ono band that was the first solo record i discovered um as i was digging into um john's solo career um i can relate to some of John's lyrics on that album. So yeah, it moved me a lot. Um, mother, um, working class hero, love, and uh, God were like just these songs were very impactful uh, to me um, there in my, you know, mid teens, as I was discovering this record. And yes, spent many nights, you know, listening to that album with headphones on and um, being very moved by it. And, uh, and, and Joe, you know, you, there's something to be said for that too, is, you know, this album is so powerful. You could not, maybe you just don't feel those feelings at right now. So maybe you listen to that album further and further in between because you're not just in that state of mind, but then, you yeah. know, you always do, when you do get that in that mood, you have that record for you. And, um, and it's, you know, it's very powerful. Cool. Okay. Uh, for me, even though Mind Games is my favorite Lennon album, yeah. probably Double Fantasy would do it for mm. me. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with the fact that John was murdered. But the songs there are so personal. And um, 
you know, how can you not see the irony in a song like Just Like Starting Over? Mm. You know, his life ended and he's talking about his life starting over and life beginning at 40. You know, um, Woman is my favorite solo John Lennon song. It's one mm. of his greatest ballads ever. And it just shows how much Yoko meant to him and, and how mature a person he became calling women the other half of the sky you know, and uh, for showing me the meaning of success, you know, in his own way, you know, he was so personal in his songs and he told you where he stood at that moment in his life. And um, watching the wheels, I look at as being one of the greatest masterpieces. You know, I, I've really come to appreciate songs. And Eleanor Rigby is the perfect example of this. Eleanor Rigby and For No One, two songs that say a lot in two minutes <laughs> and they yeah. tell a whole story and they pack it all in just a couple of minutes and and great poetry in both those songs and watching the wheels is one of those songs that i just marvel at because john summarized the last five years of his life where he stood what was important to him you know in just three minutes or three and a half minutes so eloquently um yeah. and uh that song touches me so much. Beautiful Boy does. Yeah. Thinking about, you know, the five years that he spent, you know, being a house husband and a father to Sean and how important Sean was to him. You know, those songs really touch me. And um, yeah, they're just very deeply personal. And I probably go with that. Mm, okay. Kit? Um, probably, you know, Plastic Ono Band is a very close second, uh, but I guess I would go with Imagine because that's the first uh, John Lennon album I ever owned, um, you know, had bought it on vinyl, um, you know, when I was in high school and, uh, and the songs, you know, just, just blew me away with their honesty uh, and, you know, and their vulnerability. And there were just times where like hearing like crippled inside for for example that that was a song that really hit me from the first time i heard it you know when mm. when he's saying that i mean i just i thought you know wow i mean he is really i mean that's the truth i mean you know when you hear that that no matter you know how much you try to you know the way you look on the outside change the way you look and no matter how much you have you know how much money you have you know one thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside you know mm -hmm. and i just thought that was so profound i mean i i just thought you know he nailed it i mm -hmm. mean and uh you know there was that and then of course jealous guy i mean i i thought that was you know so brave of him to mm -hmm. to, to be that honest about you know his faults um and you know there were just so many you know moments like that on that album that um you know really uh you know spoke to me about being you know about being honest uh, about your your you know your faults and and uh and your emotions and then you know later on i i then listened uh to plastic ono band and of course that got even deeper um and uh but but imagine will will pr probably has you know more uh of a you know i have more of a bit of a soft spot for it because mm. it's you know the first john lennon album i ever owned uh and uh and it really just had such a, a beauty to it uh and and such a poignancy that um 
you know, and it just, I just had never heard such honest, right. You know, songwriting before. Hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, just, uh, you know, at times just like, wow, he's like speaking to me. Hmm. Well, yeah, that I, I, hmm. I, I first heard imagine also just like your same experience as you. And I felt the mm-hmm. same of those, as those songs you mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I heard plastic auto band later and, but that you know that one hit me like you were saying. Even that was even like more even when I heard it. But yeah, uh, yeah my first introduction, John Solo was Imagine album. Yeah, and I was too young when I heard that. I, I was too young to get into Plastic Ono Band at that point. <laughs> I mean, I was in high school. I think you know because I remember the first time I heard Cold Turkey. I mean, that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, what is that? You know, I mean, I now i to, you know now i understand it now i i get where he's coming from but um but you know and it's the same thing with that whole album i mean now i get what he's saying and, and what he's going through but yeah when you're that young imagine was a little more my speed <laughs> cool all oh. right well this was uh our third attempt at to rack our brains and i think it was a pretty successful one i liked the the questions and i think they were pretty challenging and i didn't uh, get my last one you didn't <laughs> no, no i didn't either did i skip that's you okay. <laughs> i didn't either but that's okay. oh wow i guess i'm be forgetful like i am <laughs> wow okay ken go ahead Let's i'm go. so wow, sorry man. wow well this is a question I've been meaning to ask all three of you. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. I have a funny answer. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> no, Maybe we should end the show. Maybe we yeah. should end the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead. Um, let's just say that we were living in a perfect world right now. It's uh, mm. 2021, and let's just say John was still here and George is still here. Erase what really happened. Okay. Also figure that if John and George are still alive, we'd have a lot more music from them, from their solo careers. Um, and let's just say you are each given the chance to interview one of them. Mm. You had the choice to pick only one of the four Beatles. Okay. Which one would you pick? Now, I'll, I'll give you my answer, but I am fortunate. I've interviewed Ringo, but um, for the for the three of you, I'm curious to find out, you know, if John was still here and George is still here, and I know how much we love Paul and Ringo, which one of the four would you want to talk to the most? And let's just say this is an interview of substance; it's not just promoting the newest album, right. although that you know that has is a purpose any, too. Is there any other answer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. I, I don't think this is very obvious. You know, you all have your substance. favorites. <laughs> you know, um, so why don't we start with Joe? Yeah. Well, let me think. Um, no, John Lennon all the way. Um, besides the fact that he's my favorite, he's just substance, deep, lots to talk about, honesty, candid, you know, being frank. I think it'd be amazing to talk to John Lennon. You know, as uh, much as I love all the Beatles, and George too, I think. And then, uh, you know, I go, I'm putting them out of all of them, really. You know, Ringo, but you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Paul, you know, I, I think with Paul, I would, you know, I would love to talk to Paul. Hey, Paul, be his tomato show. You know, but uh, no, I don't. John. 
when I say substance, what I'm referring to is you can ask any question about his career. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be for the purpose of promoting the latest pro, you know, project, whatever. So, okay. So your answer is John, Tom. Yeah, that is a, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, if, if this was the 15 year old me, I would, I'd be John all the way. But as we're, you know, as time has gone on, um, I would, I would have to say Paul, um, not just because I do a show on Paul, but I just always found a more connection to him musically. Um, and I would just want to sit there and talk to him about his, about his music. I mean, I really, you know, the personal stuff, you know, that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, there's the, you know, John would be so interesting to talk to with, you know, like, like Joe said, like the, you know, the honesty and, you know, and all that stuff to go with uh, the sarcasm maybe with John as well too. But I, I just think, you know, even just reading the, the, this, this lyrics book, there was just so much in Paul that he just wants to get out, I think. And I would just like love to just tap in that brain and just see what else is in there and see what else he would, he would want to, to get out, but more in a musical standpoint than, you know, than, than, a, than a personal um, one. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably go Paul. All right. Kit, how about you? Yeah, probably same thing. I mean, you know, with John being a cool second, I mean, no, no doubt about it, but, uh, but probably, yeah, probably Paul, because I, I've, I've, you know, maybe I've had a slightly bit more of a connection to him. Um, and, and I agree, Tom, you know, there, you just feel like there's more, you know, there's more stuff, particularly after reading that lyrics book, there's, there are more stories to tell. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you ask the right questions, um there you go you, yeah. you might you might get them to say a bit more I you might mean, be surprised be, yeah mm-hmm. i you know if you do your homework and right. and you show them that you know you know your stuff and and that you're interested in knowing about the music and all you might be able to you know get right. some more stories out of them so so yeah i i would absolutely i'd love to to talk to him about his composer. Love to wreck his brain. Wreck his brain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Very good. I'll just add that of the three that I didn't interview, um, I would definitely still go with Paul, mm. mainly because of his body of work. He's written so many different types of songs, so many different styles, different approaches on all of his albums. You know, albums that he recorded in a few days, albums that he's labored on, so many different producers he's worked with, so many different people he's written songs with. Um, Even though we did a show on the lyrics book, one thing that I failed to mention and when we covered this is a disappointment for me, as much as I think this book is really essential, is that there's no mention of writing with Denny Lane. There's mm-hmm. no mention right. of writing with Elvis Costello or Eric Stewart yeah, or his brother, Michael, <laughs> you know, no. um, I admire Paul for his entire body of work. You'd never know that he had another songwriter besides John Lennon from this book that he just put out. So um, I'd like to explore all that and what it was like for him to write with all these different people, work with all the different producers, find out what he really thinks is his best work 
which he seems to be reluctant to do. He usually just brushes that off and says, that's not for me to decide. That's for you guys to decide. Yeah. You know, um, no, let your hair down. Tell us what you really think. Yep. Are there songs of yours that you're really proud of that, you know, we don't really know, you know, that you're very proud of that you wish more people would be familiar with or albums, you know? He might think Flowers in the Dirt was his best album deep down, yeah. or he might think Chaos and Creation was, or, you know, he has a tendency to go to his first solo album or talk about his newest one. Yeah. But we don't really know how he assesses his own career, his solo career. And usually as a point of reference, he always goes back to the Beatles. But there's this whole other life from 1970 on that mm. I'd love to talk to him more about. Then, yeah, I'd love to talk about the Beatles, too. But, um, you know, most of his his works are his his solo catalog. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and the others, I'd love to talk to John or George. I have a feeling if it was George, it might turn into a spiritual conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Well, this is based on what we know. If I, can I read a comment from Robert Henry, which I think is mm -hmm. interesting? Sure. He yeah. says, Tom and, Tom and Kit. Well, anyway, uh, not a fair answer to say there's more to ask. Paul goes against Ken's premise that John and George were still alive and had produced music that could have been as good or better than many of Paul's post 1980 albums. Who knows I, how much body of work John would have had if he was alive? No, I, I think I, I understood the premise well yeah. enough. Well, to, John to, would have had more albums. Paul. You know, yeah, but still, albums. yeah, right. Maybe. Would have, but then, then don't, don't, then don't ask that question, that kind of question. Then, I mean, well, because well, then it's a, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Answer. You can say that about a lot of, you know, a lot of the questions. You know, tonight. exactly. It's all about Paul. Right. I know it's all about Paul. He's the man. I get it. No, People but... here, he's been around 40, 40 years longer. But uh... I want, I want more substance. I want, I want more than just, to, you know, how I wrote songs or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I want to know more about what you think of this going on in the world and that going on. I want to talk mm -hmm. as a person well uh, i think I'm, he exposed yeah. a lot of that in the lyrics book yeah that was mine works yeah that's, you know. that's for, 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 for paul yeah i guess for paul yeah yeah absolutely i mean it, it, it depends on what you want out of the interview yeah. you know i mean that's that's the thing i mean if you want to you know more info about his composing process his creative process then you know then yeah he's your he's your guy <laughs> yeah and even though we don't know what music John would have released or George would have released. We know their styles, you know, they probably could Up have continued. Yeah, but I could see John putting out more albums like Double Fantasy and Milk and Honey. You know, we don't know. We really yeah. don't know uh, how obviously. his music might have changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll with, never know with, that. With uh, current music mm -hmm. trends, we don't know. Mm -hmm. George had a tendency not to care about music trends. Right. So, um, we know that much about them, but we also know what they're like as people. And that also factors in. It's mm -hmm. not just about mm. the music, although to me, the music is what matters the most. But right. yeah. that's me. Great. Yeah. Yep. OK. Absolutely. Very good. Um, All right. Kit, Kit, you still have a question then, right? All right. Uh, we'll do our final, I guess. I think this is the final one. Yeah, this is <laughs> sure. the last one. Last one? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um, all right. We've been saying up until now, um, Tom, you mentioned previous ones about no compilation albums, no compilation. Well, this one's about compilations. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so now compilations are allowed. So, um, so again, going back to solo, um, what, what do you think is, you know, what, what is a solo compilation album that you, you know, 
go to, you know, again and again? I mean, what, what is a, a solo comp album that you think is you know, well done, has, you know, the hits you want that you would recommend to somebody that, you know, you might think, you know, you want to introduce the artist to what, what do you think is, you know, one that you pull off the shelf once mm. in a while? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Does it have to be a legitimately oh. released one? Uh, <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 those Russian ones. <laughs> no, no, those no are the best Russian. ones, but uh, we can't use them. All right. Russian imports. Um, those are the ones I reach for the most. I know. Uh, I know. You know, the, the, yeah, the one that yeah. just jumps in my mind automatically, um, and it could be like a 1A, 1B, but I mean, the 1A for me would be uh, Wings Greatest, even though it, you know, we, we you know, it was crazy that listen to what the man said is not on there. I think that's mm. just still yeah, that's a weird. great rep representation of Wings from from start A to start B from that that period of time. I and mean, that has a little bit of sprinkled of everything of all the different, um, you know, lineups and everything. You got, you know, number ones in there. You got, um, you know, top tens, you know, and you get the top 40s with like high, 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 um, you know, so you get a little bit of sprinkled of everything from from Paul from from 71 uh, up into what was it the 78 with uh, with with a little luck on there. And then plus you get the full version of with a little luck and then the full version juniors farm on there uh, as well. So um, and I think that's kind of like a disadvantage with the shade fish, unfortunately, because a lot of those songs are edited. Um, yeah. You're not really mm -hmm. getting the, the, the full versions. Um, 1B would probably be um, the blast from your past. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Who who's next? Who's, who's, whoever's <laughs> ready. Can I, I, I could bounce off Tom and just say that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Wings Greatest always pops in my mind first. I mean, arguably, you might be able to say, oh, well, there's some other compilations that have more on them or mm -hmm. uh, more, more bang for your buck. But I have a real connection to that. I don't know. I, when I bought Wings Greatest in the late 70s, it was just really, really cool to have all that stuff. It's the only place easily you could get High, High, High and Another Day right. and Junior's Farm and Mull of Kintyre and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I always feel one little snag is that they don't have to listen to what the man said somehow on there mm. but yeah that's that's still a, a favorite of my compilations i think delivers the goods all the way through yeah so, i mean you could I'll argue you that. could you could make a case that you could have turned that into a double album as well i mean there, there's oh, still stuff yeah. there that you could have stretched it you know with you know sea moon the live version of maybe i'm amazed you know mary had a little lamb listen to what the man said girl school even. yes you know, um, Sally G, even you can make a case for that to, to be on there. So I wonder if a good question would have been if you had to take one off to put on, listen to what the man said, what would it be? That's <laughs> that's, and that's not easy. Yeah, I think you, I think high, 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 you would have to take it on there because it was what a top 40, not necessarily. No, what's the number 10? Was it 10? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, 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 thinking... but listen to what the man said is, was number one. So, I mean, right. if whatever the lowest charted song was, I think that's what you take off. Mm. Okay. Mm, but it's tough. Ken, yeah. it's Ken, tough. Ken? Well, yeah. you know, I, I think, well, first of all, compilations serve their purpose, but they're what I usually listen to the least. Because mm -hmm. if it's the greatest hits, those are the songs that I've heard the most and right. maybe tire of the most. 
but if I was to recommend to anybody, um, I personally would prefer a double disc compilation, one that has the hits and also goes deeper. Yeah. So for me with Paul, I would probably pick Wingspan because it has all the stuff that's in Wings Greatest and listen to what the man said. And it's got a lot of album cuts up until that point, 1984. Um, I liked Pure McCartney a lot, but I think there's, there's probably a lot of songs on there that maybe you may not feel represented his best. Um, but those were all handpicked by Paul, just the per personal favorites from him. Um, there was a compilation on John called Working Class Hero that I've always mm. liked. Yeah, had, that was a good It one. had all the hits that you need, everything. And then it also had the deep cuts too, like Out the Blue, you know? Mm. And whenever these songs get some attention that deserve to be noticed, and most people don't know them because they weren't singles, I tend to favor those. Mm. Um you know, Shave Fish would be a disappointment then. The John Lennon collection when it first came out was better because it included all the double fantasy stuff. Mm. Um, so I'd probably go with Working Class Hero. I've never been happy with any George Harrison compilation. Because George deserves at least two discs. Yep. You should probably have three or, three or four CD compilation. But I think with Ringo, um, Photograph was really mm, good. That's a good one I mean, too. Everything. Yeah. 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 Everything that. that was on Blast from Your Past is on Photograph. Yep. And um, and then it keeps it up to date with all of the stuff since then. Yeah, um, That's a very good compilation. Yeah, Ringo. Photograph is definitely really good for one disc. Yeah. Although Ringo deserves two discs for a compilation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They all at least deserve two. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would pick. Okay. Cool. Yep, and actually, photograph was was going to be my my number one pick for compilations because I okay. I thought that was very well done mm -hmm. uh, because you know I to me a, a really great compilation is you know of course including the big hits but throwing in some you know songs that perhaps weren't huge hits or or maybe are some deeper tracks you know having a, a nice com uh, combination and uh yeah photograph was a was a really nice surprise when when it came out because you know it did indeed have you know photograph back up boogaloo oh my my i mean the stuff you would you would expect right. um but then it had you know weight of the world uh, you're glad to see that but they had never without you um yep. you know the do uh, act naturally duet with buck owens i mean it had some just wonderful stuff on there mm -hmm. uh and i mean really as you said you know if you're introducing someone to ringo star give them this i mean it's it's just a, a wonderful compilation um and uh and yeah as you said there still has to be a, a good good one done on on george i mean there's mm -hmm. just you know i i mean i have uh it was best of dark horse i think was the, the yeah. last one that i got yeah. Yeah. and it's okay you know, it's it's and we've done a show on that. Uh, right. I know. And uh, we yeah, we concluded there still hasn't been except for I think there was a, yeah. a Russian import. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That, that comes uh. close. But uh, but yeah, so um, so interesting. OK, I was just particularly curious to your, you know, so your Paul. So Wings Greatest is still mm, still ranks highly. For me, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because even though Blast from Your Past is very short, you know, mm -hmm. for its time, though, that was yeah. one I used to pick out a lot. Because that's mm -hmm. even though it's short and sweet, it's got a lot of good Ringo on there mm -hmm. uh, for the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. 75. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, we're good now. I think we got it. We got everybody. <laughs> well, we got another. You know, um, we got another twenty minutes, right? We got. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> so, so we're gonna do that right now. We're gonna uh, really quickly rapid fire what we've got going on as well. So, Kit, why don't we start with you? Okay, well, first of all, you can find us on, uh, of course, our Facebook page, which you're on right now. Uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel. Uh, please, uh, if you're over there, subscribe. Uh, you know, thank you again for all of your uh, support. And, and uh, we're, our channel is growing, 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 and uh, we can't thank you enough. You can find us on Twitter at uh, TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. You can email us at TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. We love your feedback feedback and uh, any ideas you would like to see uh, for future shows please send those along and we also want to give a shout out to Beetle Ed who runs our show and many of our individual shows on Fab Four Radio and I saw he tuned in earlier tonight mm. so uh, give a shout right. out to him as well so you can check us out there and of course you can find us on any podcasting platform you can think of. Um, as far as uh, I go, um, if you live in the Chicago area, I am going to be signing books uh, this Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, the 26th at Blue Village Vinyl. I'll be signing that very book, Songs We Are Singing. Um, and uh, the, it's at, at 12 o'clock central. Uh, there's going to be live music. Yep, I'll be signing it just like that. And uh, <laughs> There will be live music. Uh, I will be there at one o'clock uh, signing books. You get a free tote with every purchase. This is my first book signing in two years. I can't believe it's been that long with all the craziness. So, uh, so come on down and, uh, and I'll sign your book for you. And, uh, and I think uh, that's, that's about it right now. Okay. Thank you, Kit. Joe. Hi, everyone. You know me, Joe Mayo. Make sure you subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Mean Mr. Mayo. <laughs> and uh, recently, I did a show that's just up there, fresh and new, on a Fab Gab, a little series that I have. And I had Kit on there and Tom on there as, as guests, along with Matthew Street, uh, my regular co-host, Fab Gab. And we talked about underappreciated Beatles songs, which, of course, goes into some of the lesser-known tracks Kit talks about in her book. All right. And uh, also, this coming, <laughs> <laughs> there it is again, right? This coming Sunday, uh, the 28th, depending on when you see this, I'm going to be doing another Fab Gab. We're just going to be going loose, loosey goosey, talking all about the Get Back uh, docuseries after we've seen all three parts. So that's uh, the 28th. I don't know what time yet, but it's going to be on the Mean Mr. Mayo YouTube channel live. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Joe. Ken? Uh, well, if you joined us earlier, um, prior to doing the show tonight, uh, my uh, co-hosts of Things We Said Today were very fortunate to interview Peter Jackson. And uh, I still can't believe I'm saying this because the interview ran about four hours long. Amazing. And anything you'd ever want to know about Get Back, he talks about. And I'm also very flattered that he, he said to us that he listens to our show. That alone <laughs> made my yeah. day. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's going to be going up by tomorrow. And so that'll get you all ready to watch Get Back over uh, Thanksgiving weekend, those three days in a row. Um, on things we said today, we just did a show also on Paul's book on his lyrics. 
We also did a show not too long ago on underappreciated Beatles songs too. So you can hear our picks as well as what Joe just had on Fab Gap. Um, and we will be doing a show on Get Back as we'll be doing with Talk More Talk as well. Yes. That's coming your way. Um, on my YouTube channel, a lot has happened in the last few weeks. Yes. Um, I just did an interview with Ken Womack and Jason Krupa to talk about all things must pass away. They were great guests on our show. They were also on things we said today. And as I said in my show on, on my channel, whenever I know that I'm going to be interviewing someone and they're on several shows, I always save questions for my mm. channel. So just about everything that I asked uh, Ken and Jason were subjects we didn't cover in both the podcast shows. So it'll be somewhat Good. fresh. It's not just a rehash of what we talked about right. in both podcasts. So they were great. Um, I interviewed Mark Lapidos, the founder of the Fest for Beetle Fans, to talk about the beginnings of the Fest, how it all started, and some of the special guests that he's had through the years. And we know that, fingers crossed, if all works out, we will have a Fest for Beetle Fans mm -hmm. April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. At the and hopefully Regency. a Talk More Talk panel. Yes. <laughs> the Hyatt Regency on the Hudson. Also, um, I interviewed uh, Kevin Harrington again yes. for the second time. And uh, after I interviewed him the first time, this is the guy that he had a long career um, working at NEMS and working for Brian Epstein, moved on to work at the Savile Theater with Tony Bramwell, and then he became what, what he called a, a studio roadie. For the Beatles. <laughs> and um, the second time, uh, we talked about also being on the Apple rooftop in the first interview. This time we talked about uh, Mal Evans and Neil Aspinall mm. and his relationship with them. A little bit about Alan Klein and uh, the Beatle breakup and also his life after the Beatles, where oh, he was right. a roadie mm. and a stage manager for a lot of acts around the world. And mm. so we had that. And then on top of all that, we did a show, <laughs> the four of us. I came up with this idea, you know, through the years on my show, every little thing, I've done this thing, should have been singles. Mm. And so I thought that I would ask these guys to come up with three songs that were never chosen as singles by the Beatles as a group in the United States during their reign from 1964 through the long and winding road in 1970. So each of them gave three choices. I gave three of my own. Lots of people have written in with their choices. It was a real fun show. It fun. was. So um, yeah, we've gotten a great response to that. If any of you want to watch that, please do so on my YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio. Write in with your choices. Mm -hmm. You know, for all the hits that the Beatles had in the United States, they could have had twice as many, really, when you come down to it. There were albums that didn't even have any singles. <laughs> but um, so, uh, yeah, that's happening on my YouTube channel. My website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, has weekly Beatles trivia. You can win one of 10 prizes every single week. And uh, new trivia will be posted right after the show ends. So um, right. check out the website. Email me if you'd like to at everylittlethingatt.net. And please subscribe to Ken Michaels Radio. And things we said today. Of course. And talk more talk. Of course. <laughs> and two right. legs. Yes. Me it was Mr. fun. Me, Mr. Mayo. Yeah, me, Mr. Mayo. <laughs> it was fun. You know, the four of us talking Beatles. It's just, uh, 
a lot of fun. It always is. Always is. Yeah, always is. Um, In the two legs world, um, Andy and I, we've been busier than ever. Um, We just dropped our last episode this past Saturday where we had uh, the great Lawrence Juber back and we talked all about his memories of the 79 UK tour, which was a lot of fun. Learned learned a lot. You're going to want, you won't want to miss that. Um, You know, I had no clue um, that the, the, the Japanese tour was booked at the same time as the UK tour. So, I mean, there's a lot of little interesting facts that, um, that we wanted to kind of get answers to and, and he, obliged and it was a great time talking with him uh before that we did our lyrics our episode on the lyrics book and uh, our thoughts on that um yesterday we we um recorded with this wonderful new uh newcomer her name is uh, natalia cardenas and she's the host of a wonderful podcast called she loves you uh where she talks about all about the the women in the beatles lives and she just dropped her uh latest episode which was about linda mccartney so you can check that out um this was part two of our series called women and wives where we just talked about the women and obviously in in, in mccartney's wives and it was a perfect uh song yeah, title yeah. for the <laughs> for the All episode wrote it, just yeah for you. it was a gift it was like when i saw the, the track listing on mccartney 3 i was like thank you paul thank you very much so that that will be dropped um um this saturday um so be on the lookout for that and yes two legs a paul mccartney podcast our youtube channel please check that out that's what that's where our video cast is um we got a great slate for december coming up and uh, we're looking forward to that. I'm sure we're going to be live after every episode of Get Back uh, has aired as well. So, the, you know, look for us around, you know, five or six o'clock in the morning Eastern time, uh, if you dare, uh, if you're awake <laughs> or not. I'll um, be watching. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know, we all are, like I said at the beginning of the show, we are all so, so much looking forward to, <clears throat> to this series and oh. um, just, just can't wait to see what we see. And, you know, Ken, you got a little bit of a, you know, four hour scoop, uh, you know, prior to, so, um, you know, uh, listen, we're going to, can't wait to listen to that episode. So thank you everybody yeah. for, for checking out, uh, the show tonight. Kit will have it up on the audio and the, uh, the YouTube, uh, as soon as she can. Uh, so- uh, and stay tuned for information. We are going yes. to be doing at least one special show on get back over the weekend. right here so so stay tuned we will post information on our facebook page absolutely this whole week this whole weekend weekend is going to be nothing but get back um (laughs) you know so be ready be ready um so (laughs) thank you once again so for ken michaels joe mayo kiddo tool i'm tom hanyari saying this is more than touch and go take care everybody Woo! <laughs>